Jeremy Pena has set the stage here for Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters in the game. Representing the winning run for the Astros. And Alvarez belts it! Deep to right field! Gets it goodbye! Unbelievable! The Astros a walk-off win! Jordan Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer! And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series! Incredible! Entertainment capital of the world. Center cut curveball, but it was nasty. It's the TC Martin Show. Verlander deals a 3-2. And a called strike three. TC Martin. And now the Astros with a runner at first for Alex Bregman. And Bregman sends one deep in the left center field. This is way back. And it is gone. Alex Bregman gets the Astros off the deck. It's time to get your daily prescription from the strikeout number nine the doctor is now in how about that justin verlander comes back to houston the other night as a member of the mets and the uh astros got him got pretty good there so went a little bit of a slump they've won the last two games in a row we're gonna talk a little baseball this hour with our good friend scott spritzer our handicapper extraordinaire we got that some college world series and a whole lot more plus yes num chuck you get a little tc travel time little travel story coming there in the uh, Valley of the Sun. We'll uh, do that a little bit later on the hour and continue talking about the breaking news today in the NBA. Of course, we got the draft tonight and uh, trades, major, major trades, including Chris Paul going from Phoenix to Washington and now Washington to Golden State and member of the Warriors, Jordan Poole, goes to Washington, so mega trade there. So we'll continue talking about that this hour as well. On this Thursday edition, don't forget tomorrow we are at the Westgate of Las Vegas. Come on by at the world-famous Superbook. Jay Schrader will join me and be in the house. So we'll talk a little little training camp football, but uh, some baseball, basketball, and everything else. Uh, Love our summertime here in Vegas. All right, continuing on here. Scott Spritzer, my man, what is shaking long hair, Louie? <laughs> Those long hairs are long gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just was watching some of this stuff and checking in to see what the odds were on Golden State. Didn't think they'd be affected too much. And they're third in the West to win the West. And they're 13-1 to to win the NBA championship after the trade. So, um, I, you know what? We talked about Jordan Poole during the playoffs. And good luck, Washington. You know, I mean, thank you. Thank you. Guy doesn't have his head on straight, at least not yet. Hopefully, he will get it together, mature, and and be uh, all he can be in the NBA because this is a good move. Twenty points a game, five assists per game, not quite five assists per game. And you know, they signed him to what a four-year, hundred and thirty million dollar deal about eight months ago, right. and he flopped, and it's his own fault. And so, I think it's a good trade for the Warriors. And uh, not that Chris Paul takes him to the next level, but they just got rid of a headache in the locker room. They did. And I'll say this about Chris Paul. He does get uh, a bad knock for being injured at the most inopportune time, right? The hamstring pulls up again, especially in the postseason. But look what he did. I mean, uh, you can almost say he single-handedly led the Suns to the NBA Finals two years ago. I mean, he was fantastic. This guy can still play. And talk about a motivating factor, Scott. Okay, he thinks he's going to finish his career in Phoenix. He's blindsided by this trade to Washington. He has to find out about it, you know, through his kid tells him through a text. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, and Washington had, you know, they didn't want Chris Paul. 
I mean, they didn't want him. They, they're rebuilding project. And so uh, you kind of knew that he was going to be dealt somewhere. And now all of a sudden you're Chris Paul. You're saying, Oh my God, now I'm going to the Warriors. I mean, perennial, you know, championship contender year in, year out and getting the chance to play with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, I can guarantee you. I mean, Chris Paul is always kind of a workout guy. You know, mm-hmm. but he is going to be ready to go. He's going to be ready to play. And we know that Steve Kerr, he likes to win now and he's not in any rebuilding project. I think this makes a Warriors, uh, you know, 13 to one. I'm, oh my God. Because I'll tell you right now, there is not a better team that has a rotation of the eight players that they have, you know, with Looney and then Kaminga. Uh, you know, in Wiggins, are you kidding me? Uh, this is, if they could stay healthy, uh, watch out for the Warriors at 13 and one. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I mean, Denver and Golden State, you know, two yeah. of the deepest teams with the right attitude now that Jordan Poole's heading east. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I agree with you. I think this is a, a great chance for Chris Paul. And I was watching, you know, I was what, a couple of days ago when this first was announced that he was being traded to, uh, the Wizards. And I was actually watching. I'm a big Chris Paul fan as a man. I think he's a great person. And so I do root for him. So I'm watching this, this video of him doing an interview a couple of days ago, a morning interview on one of the morning talk shows. And he's like, well, I just found out, you know, on my plane ride here that I've been traded. You know, it was, and he looked, you know, I mean, he's, he's a class act and he looked like he was kind of a little bit stunned. And I'm sure he's thinking in his mind, you know, maybe his agents already told him we're going to, this is not your landing spot. But at the time you're thinking, God, if I have to join the Wizards, you know, with what they want to do for the next couple of years. So I think he's going to have an extra bounce in his step to be sure. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's just crazy. I mean, when they got KD down in Phoenix, Kevin Durant, they became the favorite to win the NBA championship. And they talked about the big three. And you mentioned, you know, he got injured talking about Chris Paul and, you know, it was just a weird fit as far as Phoenix in the playoffs, and they never reached their potential. And, you know, then here you are with Golden State. And I think I would have to say that even though Phoenix has shorter odds to win the West than Golden State right now, I really believe he's got a better chance with this group at Golden State to get to a finals than he did if he stayed with Phoenix. As much as I like Kevin Durant's game and the young guys they've got around him, I just think this is the better spot with the coach who knows how to get there. So it's going to rejuvenate Chris Paul to a certain extent, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right. Uh, do you get involved in any of the NBA draft props at all? I don't. I, uh, it's been a while. Maybe the first or second, maybe the first year that I was able to, to do it, I jumped in on it. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I was, I was asked this yesterday on a show, and I was saying, you know, it's not like the NFL where you can get maybe two or three teams at a certain point, maybe three teams in a row that all need the same position, and there's one or two players in that position, whether it be corner or safety or something like that, and you know that that guy's going to go to one of those couple of teams, so you can kind of you know play props of where they might go. And in the NBA, it's so different. You know, it's like you don't have like, oh my gosh, they're you know they need three guards in this year's draft, and here's a guard that's out there, and you've got two or three teams that need three guards because the roster being so much smaller, you don't get that. So. I, I don't. I mean, there's guys around me that'll say, hey, I like this, that, or the other, and I'll check it out and respect their opinions. But I didn't pull the trigger on any bets uh, for tonight. Obviously, if you've got a couple mil, you can find a book that'll take it. Go jump on Wimby with your, you know, <laughs> two, three, four mil and make your, your five bucks on that bet uh... going first. But uh, no, nah, I don't. I mean, you know, Scoot Henderson goes from being a heavy favorite 
to be the second pick to now Brandon Miller being like minus two bucks to be the second pick. And there's just too many things that happen to me at least or for me to get involved over the final few days of the NBA draft. The thing with Wemby on it too, what I like about this, Scott, is that the San Antonio Spurs have this number one overall pick because I think it, we, we'd be looking at it differently if he was going to say Charlotte or New Orleans or, you know, even, even the Clippers, even though the Clippers are, they haven't won. I'm, I'm talking about teams that are always seem to be either non-winners or, or perennial losers or rebuilding projects and, and, and teams of that nature. When you go into a team like the San Antonio Spurs that has the coach in Greg Popovich who has the longest longevity and who knows a thing or two about putting teams together and coaching big men. I mean, think about it. San Antonio's had the number one pick on two other occasions. 1987, who'd they draft? David Robinson, number one overall. 1997, Tim Duncan, number one overall. It's like, here they go again with a number one overall pick, and they're going to get another quality big man, as it looks like here. So I think that this is really a great situation, not only for Wimbayana, but I think it's a a great situation for San Antonio and that fan base. But I think it's fantastic for the league because now all of a sudden you have got this, okay, Wow, Zion Williamson. Okay, New Orleans. Okay, we no one cares really about that. And what happens? Going to eat himself out of the league. Oh, Ben Simmons. You know, getting drafted. Well, we really weren't sure about Ben Simmons. You know, college always questioned his offense. You exactly, know? and his attitude. Everything at LSU, he did was nothing spectacular. But yeah, that's my point here. So now you've got this this guy that you're comparing to LeBron James, or hasn't you know there hasn't been a a guy coming into the draft you know with the hype like LeBron James. But you're going to an organization that is one of the, you know, championship organizations, you know, in our time. So I think that's a story that I'm really, you know, going to be looking at here in his first year. Yeah, and you know, Pop's used to dealing with international players. Yep. So there's that. He's always been able, or that organization has been able, as you mentioned, to go out and get players at that first pick, being, you know, the Admiral, and then of course, as you said, Duncan. Uh, players who were mature beyond their years, Wimbanyama, if you watch his interviews, seems to be that well beyond his years at, in his maturity level. He played, they, he had an opportunity to play 62 games last year in all the competitions he played in. He, he never missed a single game. You know, he didn't take a night off. Uh, he works on his, on his health. And you hear him in interviews and you hear a guy who is like 35 years old. When he speaks, even though he's a young guy, his maturity level. And so I, I really appreciate that. And it's funny, I, whenever I hear players who speak multiple languages, I, I tend to uh, gravitate to those players as being potential stars in any professional league. They just seem to be at a different level than the guys who don't. And one of the, there's only one thing I, I've seen about him in the last 48 hours that I was like, well, you might be wrong there. Uh, Wimby came out and he was talking about um, how he was told he needs to bulk up to go through an NBA season against some of the bigger guys. And he goes, well, I'm here to show you you need to skinny down, not bulk up. <laughs> well, I think he's wrong there. You know, Bam Adebayo, he's going he's gonna to probably try to knock you around a little bit. But it was, it was kind of funny. It was the only negative, and I'm splitting hairs here, obviously, when I saw that. He's going to get out there. He's going to find out that he does need to grow into his frame and bulk up and he, a little bit at least, and he will. Uh, but my gosh, to be able to go to a coach who knows how to deal with international players and get the most out of them, and I'm sure Tony Parker is potentially going to be some kind of mentor, you know, for Wimby if needed. Right. Duncan also, Admiral will be there to 
help out. Again, I'm not the, I, I don't, as far as Pop is concerned, he's always been blessed with incredible talent, you know, until the last few years. And when he wasn't, his teams were, let's admit it, they were dog beat. Yep. But the bottom line is, is when he does have incredible talent, he knows how to get him to championship rounds and win banners. And now he's got incredible talent to work with again. So he does know how to get the best out of these great players when he does land a great player. Scott Spritzer joins us, DocSports.com for Scott, handicaps it all. Scott, you and I have talked about this before, and I wanted to talk to you today about the College Baseball World Series and your native land in Omaha. Always very exciting. And I think tonight you're going to have a fantastic baseball game. And if for fans who don't follow college baseball, you need to tune in tonight because this is LSU and Wake Forest – and you hear about LSU year in and year out. They're always there. Florida Gators are on the other side of the bracket. They're waiting here. But this Wake Forest team has been phenomenal all season long. And these two teams have battled a couple times already. And it is, uh, they've been fantastic games. I'm looking for a great game tonight with these. And I'm curious, number one, if you're playing the game and you, if you've bet any of the college baseball world series here. I have not. I hate to say that, but I have not. And I grew up with it, as you mentioned. I mean, from the time I was like probably four or five years old, I was at every College World Series until I moved to Vegas, which would have been about a month after the College World Series was completed in 1984. Um, and, and I go back just to make a real quick note about it to how much it meant to us, us kids growing up who were playing sports, to be able to go to the CWS. I remember there was one game with Arizona State. He used to always be there. Bob Horner played for a couple of the teams that were there. Uh, but anyway, I remember during a rain delay, and eventually the game was called, and the guys are out, the players are outside waiting for their, their bus to take them to the hotels. And me and my buddies, there's like four of us, and we all play ball, and we're you know looking at these guys like you know they're our heroes. And I, I'm sure you remember this name. There's probably a lot of people under 40 who don't, but Oda B. McDowell. And... I'm sitting there, we're talking to him, and this is the way the players are, or at least were, at the College World Series. Talk to us for like 20 minutes until it was time to board the bus, telling us like what to do to get to that level. You know, I mean, it was just incredible. We walked out of there like we were floating in air, man. We just got to talk to one of our heroes. So I haven't been involved with it. Uh, this game is going to be incredible. I got a couple of things I got to do tonight, so I'm going to end up recording this game. I mean, Wake has just done everything right this year, and they don't get to the College World Series, but they have this year, and they're tremendous. And I think you're going to see fundamentally sound baseball start to finish. And you know me. I go to any baseball game, basically. Right. If yeah. there's – if there's four bases on the field, there's some dirt and there's some grass, there's a ball and there's a bat, I'm usually at the game. You know, I probably went to eight or nine UNLV baseball games this year. We do it every year. Uh, so I'll be watching the, the replay of it. I'm bummed I can't see, uh, watch it live tonight. But uh, I haven't been betting on it this year, and I haven't done that for three or four years. I just enjoy watching the games as a fan. So from a handicapping perspective, Scott, so have you even looked at these two teams or watched any of it during, during the course here? Because I'm, I was trying to make a case, like, cause I think, Hey, I'd, I'd probably like to have a little bit of action, as you say, pizza money on this game, but I, I haven't done a deep dive into the handicap, but. I could make a case probably for either side here. And it seems like both of these teams, like, I guess, have their aces here, you know, pitching tonight. But the offense has just been fantastic uh, with both these teams. Yeah. And, and I was surprised. And I, I probably should have jumped in, as you said, with pizza money. It was only there for about an hour yesterday. 
uh, when, when we knew this matchup was coming, when they lined it. I saw LSU as high as a dollar ninety-five favorite for this game. Uh, currently, they're around a dollar sixty, several dollar sixty-fives out there. But at one joint here in town, it's a buck fifty. It's a buck fifty-two, and so the money of folks who are betting this did come in on Wake Forest. And I again, I w- really wish I would have been paying more attention last night. And we're talking about when this line came out. It was probably, I don't know, midnight or so at the very earliest at some books that are far away from southern Nevada. I think the first lines I saw this morning in, in Vegas, they, they opened around 6.30 a.m. I didn't really take a look until about, I don't know, 10 a.m., and by then the number had dropped quite a bit. But, boy, a dollar ninety-five. if you got the flip side of that, the comeback line on Wake Forest, that's good value. They might not win the game, but this line has dropped 40 cents in some books. Yeah, and I guess that one might be a lean for me, you know, right there to go to the value play because you've seen a lot of one-run games in these College World Series games. And, you know, a, a team like Wake, who's, and, and I loved it because their coach said this in the press conference after they lost. They go, well, let me just remind you, because all this talk about LSU and the tradition and everything. He goes, I'll just remind you that, you know, we have not uh, lost a, a series all year. And as you know, people follow college baseball like you do, you know, you're playing, you know, three game series, you know, you play Friday, Saturday and Sunday pretty much, or like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they have not lost a series all year. And they play in the ACC, which has some very good baseball with teams like Virginia and North Carolina and the Clemson, Clemson. I mean, (laughs) you're in and you're out. So I know a lot of people get SEC biased, especially in football. And that goes in baseball as well, too. And I think, you know, some people are thinking, Oh, there it is. This LSU. You in Florida, it's going to be an SEC final in, in in Omaha in the best two out of three series here coming up this weekend. But I'd say not so fast, man. Watch out for the Demon Deacons, and I just kind of love the story of the Deeks too, because well, they haven't been here since 1955 right. you know, in the College uh, Baseball World Series. So I don't know if I'm looking for a couple angles here. Maybe you, maybe you swayed me, even though you really didn't, because you didn't get into like to the, the bare bones. But just you know, just from a value standpoint. And then I'm looking at kind of the, oh, you know, looking at the headlines the next day standpoint. I might be in a wake. Well, i tell you what I've been looking for as we're talking, and I haven't found it at any books in southern Nevada, and I'm, I'm still looking for it. But uh, at a couple of other books, I, I just don't think anybody's got it. But the total's eight. And as we're talking, I'm thinking, boy, I ought to jump in here on the first five under. You know, think it would be a three and a half, four, probably four for College World Series. And uh, just nobody's hung that number. You know, with first five, you can bet you can bet uh, uh, run line on either side. Wake Forest is plus one and a half, but you got to lay a buck fifty with that plus one and a half. But uh, yeah, I can't find any first five inning plays. And uh, you know, when you get to this point of the College World Series, having followed it, this being Game Thirteen, not for these two teams obviously, but for the College World Series, sometimes your bullpens are a little bit shaky when you get this deep into it. And uh, I, I don't like betting full game unders this deep into the College World Series when I was betting it a few years ago. But, yeah, I mean, first 500, if anybody wants to post it, I might jump on it. All right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball side. We've had some some surprises so far this year. And, again, you know, we're about you know 70 games into the schedule. But let's talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds, 11 games in a row that they've won. You look at the Diamondbacks. You know, I just got back from Phoenix there and it just, I, I, I forgot kind of all about it. My Lyft driver was talking about, you know, he knew that I was into sports and stuff. He goes, he goes, how about our Diamondbacks? And I had to do a double take, like, cause we were driving by <laughs> Chase Field, right? And, uh, I go, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are in first place. Oh, that's right. You're having, a, <laughs> you're having a heck of a season. He goes, you're darn tootin' we are. I thought I was in Texas for a minute, you know. But uh, And then you got the Texas Rangers. But, but talk a little bit uh, about each one of those teams in any yeah, particular I, Arizona, order. Arizona's not a shocker to me because I, I actually played them over their wins total. I mean, you know, the wins total was like 74 and a half, 75. And uh, they're, they're going to get there, I would think. Uh, I, you know what I liked about Arizona? They had all this young talent. They were really banged up. Uh, was it two years ago when they had just a horrible time with injuries? Pathetic record. But Tony Lovello is one of my favorite managers in all of Major League Baseball. And I remember, like, talking, like, going out to lunch and stuff with, you know, Dave Koken, who's a big baseball guy, and that's his thing. And, and we were talking back then about, boy, I hope they don't get rid of Tony Lovello. It's not his fault that they got all these injuries as they're going through rebuild mode. And if he gets everybody healthy and he gets his team, you know, watch out of the NL West. And I did like them over, as I mentioned, I bet them over their wins total. Did not expect them to win the NL West this year. Now, they've got a long way to go, and maybe they won't. Uh, but they're playing awfully great baseball, and they're scoring runs. The pitching's decent as far as the starters are concerned. As far as Cincinnati, man, it was last year, the first month and a half of the season, TC, when we're blindly betting against them, and they started, what, 3-21 and or whatever it right. was. And here they are now in first place in a bad NL Central. But if you look at Arizona, they're the real deal. And I'm not going to say that Cincinnati's not, but if you look at who the wins have come against, during this winning run, there's only one good team with a chance to land in the postseason that they played during this 11-0 run and 14-2 and run for the most part, and that was Houston. And Houston's not at their best right now. They're banged up. They don't have all their players. They're not playing at the level they have the last two years. They've had departures in the offseason. But they built this win streak against St. Louis, Kansas City, and Colorado. Come on. Yeah, you know? right. So, Again, they're better than those teams. You can only beat who's on your schedule. But I think the next three days are going to – in fact, you know what? The next nine to ten days or nine to ten games, they've got home Atlanta for three starting tomorrow, at Baltimore for three, and then they wrap up this nine-game stretch at home against San Diego. Now, the Padres aren't playing great baseball, but they can come around at any time and they're going to compete. But the next six games, home Atlanta at Baltimore, we're going to find out a lot about the Reds, I think, over the next two weeks. I agree with you. And, you know, talking about the NL West, uh, you mentioned the Diamondbacks. Again, they're leading the Giants by two and a half games. The Giants, a little bit of a surprise there. But I think, Scott, you know, the Dodgers, you know, I think a lot of people thought not only they'd be in first place right now, but they would be better than eight games over 500. I mean, still, they've got a great roster, a, a pretty darn good starting lineup. And of course, the, you know, probably the highest payroll in baseball. And again, they are in third place. And sure, it's early. And you mentioned the Padres. I just don't see it with the Padres. I mean, the Padres are nine and a half back. They're under 500. I do not see this team catching fire. I just, I just can't see it. I don't, from a pitching standpoint and then a consistency from an offensive standpoint, I can see the Dodgers doing it. And I can see maybe, you know, Arizona maybe sliding back or whatever, but I don't know. That's, that's the way I view the NLS. I'm curious about you specifically talking about the Dodgers. Yeah, it's, it's, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, I think they're going to be there till the very end, maybe end up winning the division. I know their wins total was like around 93 and a half, uh, which was, you know, well below, double digit games below of the amount of games they won last year. Uh, the Dodgers problem of late has been that bullpen. It's just been, it's just been not good. They've not been able to wrap up games and it goes back to basically the first of June. I mean, they've had a really tough run. They were 
12 games over 500 going into June, and they've lost four games off of that uh, amount of games over 500. They're now eight games over. But the last two nights, we've seen the bullpen starting to get healthy. They put together two very good games against one of the better offensive teams in all of baseball, the Angels. Uh, but again, that bullpen was a mess, I mean, for a good month. And so if they can start getting healthy in the pen, uh, then the Dodgers will be competitive at the end of the year. And they're not going to win 100 games, but they, you know, 94 might be enough to take the West uh, this year. As, uh, and, and as far as San Diego, I agree with you. It's like Snell, you know, one game. I mean, when Snell's got his mechanics, there's few who are better in the league. The problem is he only has his mechanics about once every three or four starts. He was great today up in San Francisco. Uh, as far as Musgrove, I mean, who thought he was going to have a five-plus ERA after his first six home starts? You know, so they're not getting the pitching that they thought they would have before the season began. And then San Diego goes into droughts at the plate, you know, at times, and, and it lasts too long. You can't do that, and, and they have throughout the course of the season gone into drought. So I don't think San, I think San Diego is going to make a run where they win six out of seven once in a while. They win five out of six. I don't think they're going to be able to overtake Three teams, the Dodgers, the D-backs, and the Giants, uh, by the end of the season. They'll have their runs, but I don't trust their pitching, and the hitting has too many droughts. I remember the, the warning sign in early May or mid-May. They lost like five in a row and like nine out of ten, and they were scoring two runs, one run, getting shut out a couple of times, three runs. And we see that from this team just too much, you know, just too often. Today they had the bust-out game, but the last three games against San Francisco, they scored nine runs in three games. Today was a great spot. Alex Wood's not been good at home. I actually jumped on San Diego first five innings. Not sure if they could hang on, but they did 10 nothing. But that was a great setup against a weak home pitcher in Wood, and they were looking to avoid a four-game sweep to a division rival. So they had a lot of things going for them today. But I agree with you, that's not the team they were expected to be before the season, and they're probably the furthest away from a lot of teams that were expected to be good this year that are not. Well, we can't... Uh... Talk uh, baseball without mentioning our your soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. You talk about today's action, uh, Scott. Well, the A's, as our daily update continues, the A's lost again today. <laughs> and they lost yesterday. And the day before. And the day before that. And the night before that. And the night before that. And the day before that. Days on a current. Remember, Scott, they won seven in a row. Since then, eight in a row in the loss column for your yeah. soon-to-be Las Vegas A's current record, ladies and gentlemen, 19 and 58. <laughs> However, you know what? I'll give you a stat here. All right. And and this is good to, to remember because it, I mean it's been 18 years that this has made money. When you're when you've got a team that's uh, playing 400 or worse baseball, and they win a game, and that win followed a loss. Play on them the next day. The A's are are, are above 500. Doing uh, not above 500. They're they're winning you money um, at this point. At this point of this situ of, of the season, Colorado's way ahead money wise. And the reason being is that you know we're all looking for value with our bets. When a bad bad team winning 40 percent or less of their games finally wins a game and they're coming off a loss, the value skyrockets on that team because the books know that the average better says, oh, that team can't win two in a row. And they raise that price and they raise that price. And really all you got to do is hit about 45% of your plays and you're going to make money. 
And uh, Colorado and Washington, by the way, have been the best at this uh, throughout the course of this season. You've made about $1,100 betting just $100 per game using that system. So watch for that out of Oakland. Are you trying to tell me that that big win streak is not a sign of things to come, by the way? <laughs> that is good. That's good. This is why we have our handicapper extraordinaire, Scott Spritzer. You know, all the trends that you would never even think of before. There you go, my friend. All right. You got anybody uh, tonight? I know not much on the Major League Baseball schedule tonight uh, except our College World Series and, and a couple baseball games tonight. Anything else you got going? Yeah, I have to, like I said, the Padres' first five, and then the Marlins line has gone crazy. TC overnight last night, I lit a buck 30. With Miami, I've seen them as high as a buck sixty-five yeah. in the last couple of hours. That game's starting uh, real soon. By the way, if folks right. are looking to bet that game like in less than ten minutes. That's all I've got tonight. Thinking about jumping in on the sun here at minus three. I know they just lost Brianna, but that team still got like four players putting up a lot of points. When you're talking about you know Bonner, Thomas, Hayes. Mm-hmm. I mean Thomas grabs glass too. I don't know if they can sustain Brianna Jones being out for a while. If she is, I didn't see what the injury is, but. It was announced about an hour ago, and that number went from like five and a half down to three and a half. So, what's your quick opinion? You like the sun, or are you staying away? Uh, probably staying away. In Minnesota, as we know, they're they're not a very good team. So, uh, you know, we got a chance to see them here. You know, last week. Uh, you know, always going to be partial. You know, to the Connecticut Sun because my my point guard is there. But yeah, Brianna Jones losing her is is going to be uh, something. But you're right, Alyssa Thomas is is one of the best. Uh, she's one of the the most unsung, you know, players. But uh, the the way Minnesota's struggling, you know, with the WNBA, Scott, I always have to look at the injury report, and sometimes it's not even the injury report, like who's playing and who's not playing. You know, like yesterday, I, I knew the day before that you're going to be no Brittany Griner, no Diana Taurasi, and right. of course, you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith, you know, expecting her second child. So, I mean, they were a shell of themselves. It's funny that a lot of the, and I'm not saying this is why the Aces are blowing out these opponents, but their last three opponents, opponents barely could feel the team where you you had like eight and nine players and uh were, were missing uh their key players and you saw that when minnesota came here you saw it when chicago came here and then you saw it with phoenix uh, last night so for me minnesota has been one of those teams that uh they have not had a complete healthy roster at all so i'd say if i have to play the game i'm with you you look on the you look at the connecticut sun because minnesota is just a mess and they're not healthy right now yeah, and there's a lot of teams that are in that situation in that league. There's like two or three teams that are healthy and play good basketball. And the rest of the league is just like a, a mishmash of, you know, semi-injured, banged-up teams with half their players out. I'm exaggerating a little bit. And looking bad, you know, I mean, it's tough to watch a game when a team scores 28 points in one quarter and the very next quarter they score eight. You know, it's, it makes it a little bit tough. But you mentioned Minnesota. I, I was just looking at their injury report. You know, they're missing four players. You know, Shepard's out. She's sick. Yep. Powers is out with the ankle injury. She's been downgraded to out tonight. And that's huge. And so, yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to pull the trigger here on the sun. All right. <laughs> I'm rooting you on, brother. There you go. All right. Appreciate it as always, my friend. Go to DocSports.com. Subscribe to uh, Scott's Plays. He's a great follow on Twitter, too, uh, at Scott Wins. So check that all out, my friend. I appreciate you. Have yourself a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk with you next week. And uh, let's get you let's get you down to the Westgate here, especially uh, you know during uh, the dog days here of uh, summer and baseball. Baseball before football starts. The schedule opens up a lot after next midweek, so you can count on it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Take care. Take care, man. There it is. Scott Spritzer, one of the best. Uh, again, longtime handicapper, longtime friend. Love having him on the show here. The A's. How about the A's? <laughs> uh, again, one seven in a row. 
Everyone was all excited, right? And then here they go back in their losing streak again. It is crazy. A lot of pros and cons. People, I shouldn't say pros and cons. That's wrong. About the A's coming, you know, relocating here to Las Vegas. Um, we know people here that they, they don't want to be on the hook for that 380 million when it comes to the stadium bond. We totally get that. But we heard Bryce Harper be very vocal about saying, nah, the A's belong in Oakland. Don't come here to Las Vegas. Um, uh, and we've heard some other players and some managers speak out. Um, Bob Melvin, manager of the uh, San Diego Padres, uh, actually spoke out about the A's relocating to Vegas. What do you think about what's going on right now that is almost done, that the A's are moving to Las Vegas? Yeah, it's sad. Anybody that grew up here, you know, it, it does not look forward to that happening. I, I don't know that anything's 100% sure yet, but um, obviously for a lot of people here that have followed the A's, and it's a, a, a storied franchi- franchise with a rich history, a lot of winning, uh, some, you know, some of the great players in, in all of baseball played there. It would be it would be sad. So we'll see where it goes from here. It looks like it's getting some traction in Vegas, but you never know until the last minute. I think a lot of people are holding holding out hope that maybe it doesn't happen. Yeah, Bob Melvin, and he knows a lot about that organization and the franchise. Being a former uh, manager uh, himself, there with uh, with the A's, so um, craziness, you know. There again, I think a lot of people. No one likes likes change, especially when you're talking about uprooting a team. And whether they're good, bad, indifferent, and we all know the stadium issues because we went through it with the Raiders. And now the exact same thing is happening again with the A's. And now you're talking about a championship community. And that was a championship community. I'm not talking about just with the A's, but with the Raiders and the Warriors. And people fail to realize the Warriors left Oakland. They're in San Francisco. It's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same fan base at all in Oakland, just on that Parcel of land used to have three fantastic teams, maybe not all record-wise all at once, but so much rich tradition and history with the Raiders and the A's and the Warriors playing on that block of land there. They used to house the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena and then the Coliseum itself. But now they'll have nothing. What are you going to do with that land? Turn to a swap meet? I mean, what? I mean, parking lot. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's all it really is. A bad smelling parking lot, you know, right now. <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks like it's happening. We've been talking about it for a long, long time here. And yeah, the ballpark here will be beautiful. Uh, the A's will probably, you know, be a better product. At least they're claiming that. We've seen it with the Raiders. They should be. All right. I We've mean, seen it with the Raiders. Mark Davis. But again, Mark Davis isn't going to be owning the, the, the A's, but Mark Davis said that no, no, hey, we're going to spend some money because we'll have a, a giant, uh, a bigger revenue stream to get free agents. And so A's have always done a very good job in their minor league system. They just haven't been able to keep the players. But now if you come to Vegas, you get the shiny new ballpark. You're coming to Championship City because that's what you are now, right? Las Vegas Aces, Vegas Golden Knights, all right? Be nice if the Raiders could, uh, could turn that into a championship and they may, you know, one day too. All right. We continue on. When we come back here, wrapping up here on Thursday on the, uh, just hours away from the NBA draft and all the trades and everything else going on. We'll talk a little aces when we come back. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the doctor. TC Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. 
continuing on here. Don't forget, we'll be at the Westgate tomorrow inside the Superbook. Jay Schrader in the house. That'll be fun, as uh, always. And uh, talk a little off-season football, some baseball, a whole lot more. Jay Cornegay, the vice president of sportsbook operations at the Superbook. Always great having Jay. So Jay and Jay tomorrow. You got to like Jay that. and Jay. Marco out on vacation. Did he talk about yesterday? I know, and I appreciate uh, Jose Vellante and Marco D'Angelo filling in for me yesterday. Uh, that was fun joining them after the Aces game in Phoenix. But uh, was Marco like already have his foot out the door, like giddy because he gets to go on vacation? And, Kinda. You yeah. could, you could, you could tell. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. All right. Well, he'll be back with us uh, next week. So, are you going to punish Jay for talking all of that trash about you the last couple of times you've, that he's had that you've been on? Should I? I think you should. You should. I don't think he should be there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I I should suspend him. Suspend him. Was it really that bad? I mean, I really didn't go back and listen to it. I mean, should I? You made me edit it most of it out. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it was all good fun though, right? It was all in good fun. Yeah. We thought he was a little harsh. It, it was fun because the beginning of the intro, going into the, I, I played the Houston Open. Okay. Same open this hour. Yeah. And had him turned up a little bit before anything, <laughs> and you could hear. Oh man, more TC Cliffs, more Houston. Come on, he's not even here. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I just kind of popped out. I was like, I'm no, no, sorry, I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean I'm to. I'm not going to not have Mon. I'm going to have Mon no, now, and I'm going to now. I'm going to jab him about it big time. I think yeah, we should. I think we should says. At, at some point in that in that show, have that open play. Definitely, you should probably have the Aces open and the uh, well, Marco's open. not there. It won't. It won't bother anybody. Yeah. Marco's the only one that. Boom shakalaka laka boom bothers. There it is. Well, he liked it yesterday. He, he got his boom shakalaka yesterday. You know, I put his no, name you in should it. have seen the faces. It, it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So I saw some food pics on, yeah, from the trip. Yeah, looked like you were having some good places. Well, you know me. I got a that's that's a prerequisite. I put a lot of effort into, as you know, like the game prep and the show prep and all that. Yeah. Stuff. I put just as much prep into the food because especially when you're going to go to a city for a limited time. So I got to scope it out. And especially with this one yesterday, because, you know, I did the show on Tuesday yep. and then got on the plane. I'm really irritated. And this was, was part of my terrible Tuesday. I don't know if I even got to it about all of these places in these cities. They're supposed to be decent cities, big cities. And they close these restaurants at 9 p.m. And 9 p.m. And Phoenix is. Pretty, pretty beast. Remember pretty when I went decent. to Seattle yeah. last last year? Same situation. Close at nine. Couldn't find a place. So I really, you know, it's really irking me. And I got to spend a lot of time to really do this recon of finding places that are going to be open, you know, past 10. And it was a problem. Luckily, um, there was a place in the hotel where I was staying at yeah. that stayed open until midnight. I, I saw the video. Yeah. It looked it, really good. It's a cool vibe. So the first question I asked was, okay, so this seems like kind of a night spot. You know, they go, oh, no, well, the food is really good. Read some reviews. And, um, yeah, it was called um, Ritual Habits, which is kind of a cool name. Yeah. and But, yeah, cool vibe. I posted that. Um, didn't, you know, it's – they have steaks, but it's a lot of – I don't want to say bar food, but – yeah. So I always usually ask either the server or the manager, like, hey, what should I get here? And so she was telling me, um, you know, what's really good are our sliders. And I go, hmm. And the key word that she said, bacon jam. 
Are oh. you hip to the bacon jam? I love bacon jam. So bacon jam, we used to get that all the time at the Cosmopolitan at the yep. Henry, yep. that bacon jam burger mm. uh, with the tater tots. And then, so I said, okay, I'll do this. And then I said, what kind of soup? She goes, French onion. Oh, I go, oh, you're geez. just, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going, okay, I'm in. Now, granted, I know that it's not going to be the French onion that like I get at Hank's and other places or at the Cosmopolitan. But it was good in the garlic bread or whatever bread they gave me with that. That was fantastic. So, of course, the question came, you have fries? Oh, yes, we do. Fresh cut or frozen? She goes, oh, fresh cut. I go, you sure? Here's what her response was. Yeah, I see the chef cutting them all the time. <laughs> I go, okay. Okay. Prove it. They brought Those were some great fries. Great. You saw the pictures. I saw the pictures. Yeah, they looked amazing. Fries. So, luckily, I was full from that meal on Tuesday night because we had the early game on Wednesday. Yeah. But then things got a little worse at that moment on. Well, you were kind of talking about it yesterday. You had the yeah. bagel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I talked about it. Okay. So yeah. I'll recant that and then tell you what else happened yesterday. Since you love TC's travel stories. I love TC's travel stories. Right. It's the and, best and, stuff and in the world. And you're going to have to get a theme. You're going to have to get, you know, some type of, of, of song. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so. I'm pretty full from the night before because I ate like, you know, late around 10 yeah. o'clock, 1030. That's so real late for you. we have a 1230 game and I got to be at the arena to, you know, make sure that you know, everything's set up, equipment and the guys from the, the sun slash mercury, the, those guys are saying, Hey, come over here and, and, and check out, make sure that, you know, you're good with the equipment location. Okay. Cool. So I didn't get a chance to have breakfast. You know, cause I slept in a very comfortable bed and didn't get up to like about 8.30 or so. So anyway, um, by the time I get out of the room, there's no breakfast at the hotel. I guess they quit serving at nine in the morning, which is, I don't understand. So why? I said, okay. So I said, you know what? No big, I don't know. Why, why, why do these restaurants close at nine? Why do we get this and that? Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to go chubby checker on the twist of that cart ride no. on the show again. All right. So anyway. I don't know if this is good, you know, travel. Oh, travel. Traveling, man. Come cool. on. That's cool. So anyway, I go to the arena, and I say, no problem. Problem fixed. I'll go to the media dining. Because as we all know, I mean, just ask Seawin, Shapiro, all these guys. They, they love the media dining at, yeah. at, at the Michelob Ultra Arena in Mandalay Bay. So I'm in a major arena. Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Mercury, right? They're going to have some media dining. You would think so. So I go downstairs after I get everything together. Getting ready to go uh, meet up with Becky, interview her for the pregame show. And I see this um, person, security guard, whatever, down the tunnel. So can you tell her where the media dining is? Oh, yeah, sure. Right there, sir. Right through here, that one. Okay, in this room. So I go in, go in the room, and there's a bunch of empty tables. You can see trays, like for like buffet style. Yeah. Empty. And then they have like the... What do you call it? Like the Coca Cola things with the, they have the water, they have the cokes, yeah. you know, you know all that. Yeah, the refrigerator the, the, kind the of cooler. thing. Yeah, cooler. Yeah, empty. There's no media dining. Go, this is a problem. And she goes, "Well, I saw them taking some food somewhere. This and that. Oh, maybe maybe it's coming later. I'm going later. I got game time in less than an hour. There was no food, so I'm going now. What am I going to do? So, I'm going to have to go to the concession stand. I'm going to have. Is that what I'm going to have to do? You're going to have week old popcorn. Yeah. So, but they did have some really cool, you know, places up on the concourse. So I said, I don't want to do that. So then I run into Becky and she goes, Hey, TC. She goes, when do you want to do the interview? I go, pretty soon because I'm trying to find some food. 
She goes, yeah, there's, there's no food down here, huh? And I go, no. She goes, I got a bagel. She goes, here, you, you can have half my bagel. I'll split my bagel with you. I go, no, no, no. I'm not going to share your bagel. I mean, that's your bagel. You have it. She goes, no, no, no. It's gigantic. It's like, it's, it's, it's really good. It's got bacon and cheese and eggs. And I'm going, you know, I'm pretty hungry. I'm going. You're starting, like, yeah, it's you, starting to sound good. And, I'm not a bagel guy for the most part. Yeah, you know, I'm a donut guy. I'm not a bagel guy, especially when you're going to stuff. Eh, I don't know. So she de- insisted that I have the bagel. I said, okay, fine. Let's go do that. So then she goes, but we got to find a knife. We're down in like this VIP area that's like outside the court and all this stuff. I go, you want to go on the court and do the interview or do you want to be back here? She goes, oh, no, let's, let's, let's do the interview here. She goes, but more importantly, let's find a knife. Couldn't find a knife. And you had these dining rooms, you had these bars. So finally, uh, one of the trainers for the aces is looking for a knife and I guess found a knife, cut the bagel in half for me. And I had the bagel after we did our interview. Now. And how was it? It was very good. Okay. It was good. It was good. It was- I got to give you full disclosure though. Now, you know, the, the meal that I had the night before. Well, of course. French onion soup. Yeah. Sliders. The bacon jam burgers, the fresh cut fries. So you weren't looking forward to this wasn't going to beat it. I'm not going in that direction. I'm going in the oh. stomach direction. Oh, gosh. I usually don't handle eggs really well. <laughs> not, not sure you want to hear this or not. Should I continue or not? Go ahead. Story Why gets not? better. Gets better. So it's a half hour before tip off. Okay. Get ready to do the, well the pregame show, and I got you know some pre. So I got some yeah. time. So I look at I look at my watch. I go, I got about fifteen minutes. I go, I'm really not feeling good. I'm gonna need to find a restroom. I gotta find a restroom before. So what do I do? I go up through the concourse, and I'm seeing all these eateries. And I'm Chuck's already covered. So Joey's being sick to his stomach. I get it. All right. So. Now the pace is starting. And you've been there. You guys have all been there. Everybody has been, been there. Everybody. Now been the there. pace, I, I'm going to really need to, to go to the restroom because I can't go two and a half hours for a game, right? So I see the restroom. I walk in the restroom and it's virtually empty. It's like a half hour before, half hour, 40 minutes before game time, right? I'm going, okay, this is pretty cool. I got kind of an empty restroom. I was blown away at these restrooms. This restroom was like huge. I'm going, wow. I go, I've never seen so many, so many stalls in a restroom. So I go in the restroom, right? This and that. And I'm still like the only one in there. Gotcha. And then now I'm following I'm, you. Gotcha. I do my, 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 my I, okay, duty. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> and I come out and there's now one other person in the restroom, right? Short hair, this and that kind of bulky. And oh, then I tell me, and, and then I see an attendant. So then, then there's an attendant. So I go in there and I come out of the restroom, get ready to wash my hands. And this lady stares at me and says, she's the attendant. She goes, Damas, Damas. I go, Damas. What are you, what's Damas? And then this person is walking out of the restroom with me. And she goes, I go, what's Damas mean? She points up. She goes, ladies. <laughs> so I'm walking. Are you so this, crazy? I'm, this lady is the, the attendant. Didn't speak any English. Damas, Damas. Ah! 
One other person's in the restroom. They are walking out with me. And the person who's walking out with me, I'll just say this. I couldn't tell it was a woman. You know what I'm saying? It looked like a man. And so as I'm walking out, nonchalantly, this person is walking next to me in like a Mercury jersey and says, hey, what does it matter these days? There you go. I just... (laughs) I went in the women's restroom. Larry David, what would you do? Where's the trough? So... I don't even have words. Okay, so now I look out, right? And to be fair, there's not much really difference in the signage between the man's restroom and the women's. Besides the woe. No, 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 no. Sign, my friend. No M-E-N, W-O-M-E-N, nothing like that. The picture. And it looked like, to me, it was a man standing, but apparently it was like... It was like the same width of the legs. Just, you know, you could see like maybe the little dress, you know? I mean, I I was in a hurry. I needed to get in there. And I didn't realize. Now I wonder why there weren't any urinals. And why there were so many stalls. But you know what? I'll say this. It was like the cleanest restroom I've ever been in. Well, yeah, because they <laughs> like to keep their stuff clean. They? Women. Yes. <laughs> I love women. I love women. And the pink taco stand was right across from there. Good. Did you try it? No. No? I waited till I got to the airport and had the blue taco. There's a place called Blue Taco or something. Blue something. And because my flight was delayed, so I said, oh, man, I, I, I need to eat something. So that bagel held me all the way to the airport, and then of course I had the fine dining at Hank's last night. I was trying to save myself, but when the did you was like delayed, get a glimpse of the pink taco? Looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, doesn't a pink taco always look good? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Cheese, lettuce, pico de gallo, pico de gallo, lots of salsa, lots of salsa. Love a juicy taco. Appreciate Scott Spritzer joining us today. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. Of course, Numchuck. Enjoy, which I still just... I, this is the longest it's ever taken me to give somebody a nickname. But I'm starting to get a vibe for this guy. So, I don't know. I can't give him Jam Master Joey. I can't do that because that's Jam Master Jay. And you're too young. You don't even know who Jam Master Jay is, right? Run DMC. You know? There you go. Ah, there you go. Be a rebel, my friend. Joey the intern gonna have to do for now tomorrow we're at the westgate we're at the world famous superbook of course our friday home come on check it all out uh we'll recap the the draft tonight and we get ready for the aces on saturday at home against the indiana fever on saturday and monday uh, saturday 6 p.m monday 7 p.m get tickets access.com or listen down the dial with me espn radio las vegas 1100 a.m 100.9 fm of course we're back at it here Tomorrow, miss any part of the show, go check it out. The website, tcmartinshow.com. Here, our interview with Timothy Bradley. Good stuff from a couple days ago and his induction in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Hasta la vista, baby. How do you say men in Spanish? All I know is. I have no clue. Damas!